for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. We worship a wonderful God, don't we? And uh, it's, I, I, for me, there's nothing better than testimonies. Because when you're hearing testimonies, what you're hearing of, of, of God dealing with people, you and I. You know, because God cares about you and I. He's interested in, in every part of our lives, not, not just the big things. Uh, the title for today is Making Big Decisions. But, um, but, but actually, it could be just making decisions. Because, you know, God is interested in absolutely every aspect and part of your life. And even when I came to look at this, I, I was thinking, actually, sometimes a decision for some um, that is big is small for others, isn't it? And vice versa. You know, for some, what am I going to wear this morning is not a big decision. Just the first T-shirt you see, you put it on. For others, it's quite a big decision. And so when we come to looking at decisions, I think there are some principles, there are some things that, that we can look for. So I'm hoping that this morning we'll be a little bit more practical in terms of uh, just some practical help um, and things that we can uh, kind of look at. Um, but uh, as I say, the title is Making Big Decisions, um, but, but we'll just kind of say making decisions. It's okay. Because God is interested in you and God is interested in every part of your life. That's it. And in my own kind of private reading at the moment, I've I've just been really blessed. I've been going back through the life of Abraham. And uh, we'll come to it a bit later. Um, It's just this wonderful moment where um, um, where God says to Abraham, he says, says, uh, if you will just walk in my way, just just come and sit with me. Come and walk with me. And and, and as you go through scripture, we see this from beginning to end. God continually says to people, come and sit with me. Come and walk with me. Come and be with me. Come and spend time with me. Think about that. God is saying to us, people, come and be with me. Come and sit with me. Come and talk to me. God is interested in you. He's interested in me. And when we come to bring something like this, when we come to look at something like this, making decisions, we say, well, is God interested? God is interested. God is interested. He was with you when you woke up this morning. Actually, he was with you when you were sleeping. But he was with you when you woke up this morning. And whatever you were going through this morning, and whatever you've been through so far, even to get there, God is with you. His heart is to be with you. His heart is to draw near to you. And have you drawn nearer to him? And so in all that we want to, all that I want to look at, I want to set that as the backdrop to this. Because sometimes we can think that when we're going through challenges and we're facing challenges in life, actually we've got to somehow draw God down or, or tickle his interest or we've got to pray in a certain way and do things in a certain way to get God interested in what we're going through or what we're doing. No, that's not it. God is interested. God cares. And these testimonies that have been coming through this morning, they speak of a God that cares, who is interested in babies and medical conditions and the challenges of life. And let's face it, life throws some challenges at us, doesn't it? It throws a few curveballs. It's not all difficult. (laughs) 
You know, sometimes we can say, oh, you know, each, each week we can say, oh, Lord, what have we been through this week? Actually, sometimes we have good weeks, don't we? It's okay to acknowledge we're having a good week because life isn't always a battle, even though sometimes it might feel like that. But whether it be good, whether it be bad, actually, God is interested in you and what you are going through. So, please, if you can turn to Proverbs um, chapter 16. We're continuing our series on lessons from Proverbs, lessons for life um, from the book of Proverbs. Uh, I just want to read a couple of Proverbs to you, and then also um, I want to read uh, from the book of Matthew. And so you said, Proverbs 16, verses 1 to 3, says this, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your works or your ways to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Just jumping over to Proverbs 19, verse uh, 21, says this. Um, no, that's not the... Oh, no, no, no. Yes, it is. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord, it will stand. And then Matthew chapter 6 Verses 33 to 34. Many of you will know this. 33 to 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that true? Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your care, your love, your faithfulness towards us, your people. And we just ask this morning, quite simply, I ask Holy Spirit, you help me communicate what you've given me to communicate. Lord, that you would speak to us, you would challenge us. Lord, you would move us on in our relationship with you, Lord, that we may have our eyes opened. Uh, Lord, we might have our hearts softened, Lord Jesus, and we just might know you just a little bit more through this morning, we ask in your precious name. Amen. Amen. As I said, making decisions um, for some seems to come very easily, and for others, not at all. I don't know about you, um, how many of you have laid awake maybe at night worrying about what tomorrow will bring? Decisions that you've got to make. It begins to consume your conversations. Everything, so whenever you're talking, actually you feel all I'm talking about is, have you ever said this? I'm sorry, I feel like all I say at the moment is, is what I'm going through or what I speak about is what I'm going through. Because what is going on, things that are happening in our lives, it affects us. And we get to a point where we're unsure how to proceed with a particular situation. And we're here and we're going, God, where is the answer? Have you ever been in that place where you just feel an answer is not forthcoming? You're going, okay, what's going on here? Please, just an answer would be great. And you're looking to the stars or the road signs. I don't know, you see some of these movies and you know, sometimes God seems to, uh, in the movies, he writes it on street signs. You know, I've never seen that. I've never experienced that. That would be nice sometimes, wouldn't it? So just to have it on a street sign somewhere. So it's like, yeah, go this way or, or don't do that or, or just stop. Um, that would be very, very helpful. But we all have to face decisions, and we have to face decisions every single day. They may not all be the biggest of decisions. You know, when we're looking at decisions in terms of house move, job changes, they might come along once every so often. But you and I are faced with making decisions every single day. 
And the principles that I want to look at are principles that we can apply and we should apply to every decision that we make and how we approach our day. But before I do that, I just want to pick up on what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 6. So I want to say just a couple of words on worry first, and we'll get that out of the way, and then I'll come back to some principles uh, in terms of what we can do and how we can handle uh, making decisions. Now, I just want to say very, very quickly, Jesus said to us that, you know, there are things that we will go through in this life, but the the, the, the basic things, what shall I wear, what shall I eat, um, what should I do with each and every day? Jesus said, quite simply, don't worry. In fact, in my Bible, you know you get those titles sometimes, and you get the, the title for each kind of respective chapter within the Bible, and mine says, The Cure for Anxiety. Uh, that caught my attention. The cure for anxiety. Great. I will no longer be anxious about anything because I'm just about to read the, cu- the cure. And then Jesus says, don't worry. Okay, thanks for that. (laughs) But we should apply that to everything. It's not easy. It is not easy, but it is vital. If we get into the habit of worrying about things, there are three things that can happen to us. I've observed this. I see this from scripture. I see this from people's lives. And it's these three things. The first thing is, if we are worrying about things, it takes our focus off of him. It can do. We can spend so much time focusing on the thing that we are worrying about that actually what we stop doing is focusing on the one who's going to meet our needs. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I know about these things anyway, so why not seek me first? And the danger when we worry and we get caught up, even on the simple decisions like when we get up in the morning, we're getting a bit stressed because we don't know what to wear or whatever, God is saying, seek me first. Start your day as you intend to go on, seeking me first. Don't worry, look to me. And if we worry, it takes our focus off of him. The second thing that Jesus says a little bit earlier in the chapter is if you worry, who of you by worrying can add a single cubit to his life? What he's saying is that it's quite simple. If you worry about things, you don't add to your life at all. In fact, you probably take away from it because you've wasted some time. That's quite challenging, isn't it? Because again, just as people, we are warriors. We do. I I see this from scripture. Because from beginning to end, actually, we we see God saying to people, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be concerned. Why is God continually saying that? Because he knows what we're like. These are encouragements to us. So please, we don't beat ourselves up if we worry. Otherwise, we start worrying about being warriors. Do you see? Oh no, I'm worrying too much. And, And we get into this downward spiral. And the enemy loves that. He loves it when we get caught up in this cycle of worry and concern and care and to the point we're worrying about everything. And God is saying, don't worry, I've got it in control. I I care for you. I'm aware of what you need. Seek me first. Because actually, you're not going to add anything to your life by worrying. In fact, it's taken away. And the third thing I would say on worry is just to say, when we worry, it can even affect our health. We'll look at this in a moment. But when we worry, it does begin to, it can affect our health. Worrying can make us sick. It can make us unwell. And when it comes to big decisions, God doesn't want us to get all tangled up in knots and concerned and and, and worried about things so we start to get unwell and our focus comes off of him and actually our our days seem shorter because we're worried about us. Actually, God wants us to be free 
He puts choices and decisions before us because he wants us to go on a wonderful journey with him, to learn to trust in him, to learn to keep our focus on him. And that can be quite challenging. But don't worry. Matthew 6, 33 says this, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of this will be added to you. Do you know what? All could desert you. Everything could desert you. But if God is with you, all is still well. That's what Darren was pulling out earlier. The whole world could fall down around your ears. People could leave you, people could desert you. But do you know what? If your God is with you, all is still well. What did Moses say to God when God said, I will, I, will give, I will do all of this, I will give you victory, I will do these things, but I'm not going with you? Moses said, I'd rather not go. I'd rather not go. I wonder in our lives when we're making decisions, whether we're, we're making decisions to say, well, actually, if I could have this and that and that, that would be great. That would solve some of the worry. That would solve some of the concerns in my life. But God is saying, well, but I, I might not go with you. <laughs> would we be content to stay here and not have that if God were with us here? Because that's the question, isn't it? Are we content in who we are and what we have in Christ? So a few words on why good decision-making is important. Go back to Proverbs um, chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Just want to pull out a few things here very quickly. It says this, uh, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Listen to this. This is why good decision-making is important. Decision-making that is based on seeking him first and putting him first. Because it says here, so your paths will be straight. Now, I don't know about you, I like the thought of my paths being straight. Don't you? And there have been many instances in my life where I've gone like this, and I've gone like this, and I'm worrying. Actually, actually, if I seek him and I seek his understanding, he says, his promise to me is that your path will be straight. I've got a plan for you. I have plans for you. I know where you'll go. I know the very best for you. We'll look at that in a moment. What, Je- what, what the scripture says from Jeremiah. I have plans to prosper you. I have wonderful I know the beginning from the end. That's God. He can make your path straight. That's the promise. That's why good decision-making is important. If you go on and read the next couple of verses, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. We were saying about worry just a moment ago and how sometimes that can make us unwell. But the promise here, actually, if we trust in God and we seek his ways, it says it brings healing to us. That's quite nice. I like that. So if I'm worrying, I can get sick, I can get concerned. Actually, if I'm seeking God and I'm putting him first, he promises that in that, he'll bring healing and refreshing to my bones. 
You know, when you're in the middle of turmoil and making difficult decisions, sometimes we just want to know peace, don't we? We just want to know healing and refreshing. And God says, that's my promise to you. If you look to me first, if you put me first, if you seek me first, above all else, I will bring healing to you. I will refresh your very bones. That means right. For, you know when you get sometimes like you get that ache, that tendonitis, or you know, and it feels really deep, and you can't, there's nothing you can do because it's deep in. You know, I'm going to relieve pain at that depth. I'm going to refresh you at that depth. What do I have to do to get that? I seek God. I look to Him. I put Him first in every decision that I make. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Sorry, bouncing around the scriptures, but the scriptures are good to bounce around, so there we go. Because it's just full of wonderful stuff, isn't it? Because it's God's word to us. So we, we are not doing a bad thing in looking at scripture. <laughs> Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7 says this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So why else is good decision-making important? Why is it important to put God? Because then we can know his peace. That's his promise. If you seek him first, if you come to him with prayer and supplication, he promises you peace. He promises peace. God is not a promise breaker. This is the full counsel and authoritative word of God. We believe that, yes? All scripture is God-breathed, yes. Okay, it's God's word to us, it's God's word to you, it's God's word to me. And God says, if I seek him, if I bring all things to him, don't be anxious, but by prayer and supplication, I bring it to him, what does he promise me? He promises me peace. When Jesus was lying in the boat, in the midst of a storm, what was he doing? He was sleeping. The storm was raging all around, but Jesus was sleeping. He knew peace. Was there a storm going on? Yes, there was. Was there potential risk to the boat being overturned? Well, we could question that because Jesus knew where he was going. He said we were going to the other side. Let's go to the other side. He purposed to go somewhere. He knew the path. He knew that it was straight. He knew where they were headed. He went to sleep. The disciples were panicking and worrying. Oh, Lord, what are we going to do? The storm's coming. And look at him. He's sleeping. How can he be peaceful at a time like this? Well, he was in the Father. He was looking to the Father. And when we look to God in the midst of our storms, it doesn't always mean that the storms stop raging around us. But we can know his peace and we can know that our paths will be straight in the middle of it all. I was talking to one guy last year, and uh, privilege of leading him to the Lord, and, and he was sharing something of his story. And I said to him, I said, if you come to know Jesus, it may not mean that everything you're going through all of a sudden 
is going to come to an end. And your life from here on in is going to be like a bed of roses and you're going to float through it. These storms may continue, but the promise is this, that you can know Jesus in the middle of it and he will help you through it and he will bring you his peace. He said, I want that. I want that. And we prayed and he gave his life to Jesus. Now the storm is still raging around him. But the difference in him and the peace that he knows and the testimony that he gives to God helping him is wonderful. Because he took his eyes off the situation and he fixed them, he planted them on Jesus. And God fulfilled his promise and he's given him peace in the midst of that storm. So decision making, good decision making is important. So how do we make good decisions and I've been alluding to some of it already. When we moved from Canterbury to, um, to Ashford, um, we, uh, we'd, we had a council house where we were in, in Canterbury, um, which we thought was a, a blessing. It became a little bit of a hurdle for us because the rent was quite low and then we were looking for a house in Ashford where, where all of a sudden we were private renting and uh, the rent was going to be a lot higher. So we had that. We'd put a certain amount of money to one side. We'd seen the house that we wanted. We thought we could get it. Um, you know, we're going, is this the right one? We went, as you do, you look around the house two, three times. You get a feel for it. We prayed about it. We knew, we, we, we'd sought God. We felt we'd sought God on it. We said, God, we believe this is the one. Um, and, and we felt God said, yes, it is the one. It is absolutely the one. And we went for it. And we told the agent that that was the house and, and we, we, we were going to come in and put a deposit there. Just as we did that and we told the agent, and this was not long before Christmas, the car broke. And it wasn't cheap to fix. We had to make a decision. Do I fix the car and continue going to work? <laughs> or do I not fix the car and get this other house? I thought, well, the car is the more immediate need. Because I had to keep working. Just, just So we got the car fixed. But we had no other way of finding that money that we needed. Then there were a couple of other things that happened. And within the space of a couple of weeks, actually a lot of that money that we had needed to, to, to move, that had, it just went. You know, it happens sometimes. You know, things come up and all of a sudden we'd like, no. So as a family, we prayed. And we were saying, God, you said, this is the house. This house was right. Lord, what's going on? We don't understand. Please, we are asking you to give us an answer or to supply our needs, but we have to make a decision by the end of that day. And the family were at home praying. I came in. And I wobbled. I got to a point where I thought I could borrow some money and I could pay for the house. I'm now, this is now worldly thinking. And I could pay for the house and do that. And maybe that's the way through. And God was saying, that's not my way. That's not my way. And I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> no, no. Because I want the house and God I believe it lines up and because I believe it lines up I'm going to make this happen I'm going to make this happen 
But I went back and I sat in my car and I said, God, what do I do? He said, you don't borrow the money. He said, I'm going to have to let this house go. He said, you don't borrow the money. Lead your family well. So I rang up. I said, Ma'am, I don't, there's no money miraculously falling from the sky. There's nothing. Uh, I'm going to have to turn this house down and we will have to trust God that he will supply our needs. Maybe we've not heard right in this instance, but we have to trust. But what I will not do is borrow the money. I wanted to model that to our kids. We've been there before. We wanted to model a different way to our, to our kids. And we let the house go. The agent, he said, can you pay in instalments? Can you do bits? I'm thinking, no, that would be getting into debt again. No, God, you said he was being the most gracious agent I'd ever met. He said, pay us in instalments. No, 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 we won't do that. So I turned the house down. He rang me up three days later. Please, 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 you still... In? No, 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 no. We, we would love to take the house. We cannot afford it. The money still hasn't come through. We went through Christmas. We then had a little bit of money, so we, 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 you know, we, we, just, we got through Christmas. We got out the other side. Um, we'd set before God. We said, right, this is what we need still to move. Um, we, were, we were still trying to save some for that. Um, we got into January, um, we did, towards uh, middle of January, and then someone came up to us and said, what's happening with your house? And we just said, actually, that one's fallen through. It hasn't worked. Um, and they said, God has spoken to us and said to us that we are to help you. But we want to give you this. And the number that they had in terms of the was the exact number that we had put before the Lord that we had said, that's what we need to move. We knew God was in it. Long story short, I then went back onto the website where we'd looked, it looked at many agents, agencies the, the following day. The very house that we had turned down that lots of people were interested in was still available. Not only that, it was cheaper. <laughs> I, went, I rang the agent the following day. I said, I've got the money. He said, Carl, he said, someone is coming in to view it at 5pm, but I've got a good feeling about this. I don't think he's a Christian, but he said, I've got a good feeling about this. I've got a good feeling about you. If you can come down this afternoon and put the money down, you can have the house. The deposit will be smaller because the rent is less. He said, the rent will be less. He said, we, we will agree to let you have it at the cheaper price. We got the very house that God had said that we would get. We did not get into debt and we got it for cheaper. And when we moved out of that house, the rent still hadn't reached the price that it had done when we first looked at it. That's God's making my path straight. That's God. So how do we make good decisions? And I'm going to reel off just a few things here. Things that I've learned, things that I pick up from scripture in how we make decisions. James 1 verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to, to all without reproach and it will be given to him. 1 John 5.14 says, And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Can I say the first thing you do in making decisions before anything else is pray. Pray, pray, pray. If you want to make good decisions, you make godly decisions, is pray. That's what we are learning. We continue to learn and we will continue to do. Uh, Pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray at all times. In the big things, in the small things, seek God. How on earth will you know God's will for your life if you don't ask him? Prayer is communicating and talking with God. If you want to know what God's will is, ask him. 
Because what's wonderful is God speaks. He likes to speak. He loves to speak. He wants to speak to us. Take the time to pray in all things. So pray. Secondly, Psalm 119 verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 2 Timothy 3.16, we've already quoted. All scripture is useful. So the second thing we do, firstly, we pray. Secondly, let's look to his word. Look to scripture. What does the scripture say? He's given us a manual for life. If you are in a decision-making process, especially if it's a moral decision, this is so, so important. And actually, it's quite straightforward. So often we go, I don't know what God's will is for my life, and I don't know what I should be doing. And actually, he's written to us, and he's told us what to do. Oh, but no, 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 we'll come to why sometimes we do this. But he's like, oh, no, 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 God, oh, I, want to hear for my, I want to hear you for myself. And he said, well, you can. It's here. So we pray and we look to his word. Now, moral decisions, yes. Sometimes with the material decisions, it might not be in here. Do I buy a Porsche or a Lamborghini? You may not find the answer to that in here. Some of you are saying, oh, it's obvious it's a Lamborghini. Some of you are saying, no, 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 it's a Porsche. But you might find you go in here and God turns it into a moral decision because he begins to look at why you need that car anyway. But in many instances... I think the third point is this coming out of that. If it's obvious, apply his word to your life. Just apply it. Sometimes we spend a long time dithering and, and kind of going there, here and there before the Lord. And we're saying, well, what do I do? And in that, we're doing nothing. Have you noticed that sometimes when we're waiting for the answer to a big decision or a big situation, actually, we seem like we're just waiting and waiting and waiting You know, I'm living with, I'm sure you're living with some questions, some decisions. I'm living with some pretty big promises. Even recently, I've just been seeking God again, and he's, he's speaking some wonderful things just to me. And I'm going, God, that's just, wow. That's really exciting. But what I am not going to do is sit now and wait for it to happen. Because the challenge is, is when we come to making decisions, what we do is we put our lives on hold and we stop. And actually, we get into disobedience. Because God has given us a manual for life. And what we should be doing with our day today is quite clear and quite obvious. God says, be a witness. God says, do good unto others. God says, go and make disciples. God says, there is a list of things that God says we ought to just be doing. Those are things. So we ought not to be getting up in the morning and saying, well, the big decision of my day is, God, what should I be doing today? I was in one situation where I was talking to a group of guys and they'd taken themselves out of church life, well, not actually, out of the world of work, because they said, we're going to serve God. 
and they were living in this premises. It was like a, a bit of a commune, and the agreement for living there was that over the course of the 18 months, they would relay all the tarmac. So they would dig up the concrete and relay the tarmac. That's a group of young guys. And every day they got up and they prayed, and they said, God, what should we do today? Should we lie here in our beds and pray? Should we go down the town and witness and share our faith with other people? Or should we go outside and dig up that tarmac and, and, and lay new concrete? Now, if it was raining, the decision for them was quite easy. They felt God say, lay in bed and pray. If it was sunny and warm, the decision for them was quite easy. They felt God say, go down the town centre and buy cold drinks and sit and witness to people. What was interesting, they never felt God say, get up and do some work. And we had to sit with that group of guys and say, we're not sure what you're hearing is actually what God is saying. Because God talks about work. God talks about honouring people. God talks about, you know, honouring your commitment. If you've made an agreement with someone, fulfil it. And we had to walk them through and say, actually, you, you know, you're turning everyday decisions into something big. And it's becoming super spiritual. And actually, it's not very spiritual at all. Because it's not God honouring. Sometimes, if it's obvious, we just simply apply his word to our lives. Don't sit and do nothing. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says this, So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do. I know I keep saying it and I will keep saying this. My prayer in the morning when I get up in the morning is, God, that you will be glorified in everything I say and everything I do. Then I go do it. I'm not waiting for divine revelation as to where my next step should go actually physically. It's obvious. There's a set of stairs. I'll go down them. I get in my car. I go, but I will do it to the glory of God. That is what God has asked me to do. Fourthly, when it comes to making decisions, and particularly big decisions, seek godly counsel. This is very important. And by godly counsel, I mean godly counsel. People you know, men and women of the word of God, who are full of the spirit, who have a heart for God, who you can see. They're, they're, we have looked at people, there have been people in our lives that we have looked at and we have talked to them about parenting. Because we have seen something of God in how they parent. And so we have drawn from them. So when we've sought advice over things, we've gone to certain people. There's one family that we just, wow. They sought to just do family well. All of their kids going with the Lord. Welcoming, heart for mission, terrific, tremendous family. And we said, that's who we want to model our family on. And if we were looking for advice in how to do parenting, then those are the sorts of people we would draw from. Wise, godly people. Proverbs 15 verse 22 says this. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counsellors, they succeed. When we have had big decisions in the past... We would ask godly men and women 
we would seek the counsel of others. But can I say, we don't seek out those who would necessarily agree with us. We would seek out those who have a heart for the Lord. It's quite easy, isn't it, to gather those who you think would agree with you so you can go in a particular way. I don't think that's seeking God's will for your life. I think that's trying to make what you want happen. So we would value the advice and the counsel of others who we know have a heart for God but may see things differently to us. May look at this and say, we're thinking about this. What do you think? And they might bring a completely different angle to it. Say, Bob and Andrew have been great for us in this. Because I know we look at things differently how we do things with our kids. Home education. It's a different way. That's something we felt God has said, but we have sought counsel. We have talked to others. We have to weigh everything that people are saying before God, what God is saying. Do, 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 do you see? Seek godly counsel. And we've, 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 we've been friends now for 21 years. And it's not always been easy. We've had the moment walking around the fields and, you know, that's, that's what's happened. But we value it. The team that I'm in now, Graham, Richard, Darren, you know, I value, value, value their friendship and their wisdom and their counsel and the counsel that they bring. Surround yourself with wise, godly people. If you've got big decisions, Bounce it off them. Ask them. It's biblical. The next point is this. Listen. Isaiah 30, 21 says this. And your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to, uh, sorry, when, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. When we are praying, when we are seeking God, can I challenge you to actually listen to God for an answer? This is so important in making decisions. We can talk so much about the challenges we've got and the decisions we've got to make. The one thing we forget to do is actually listen for an answer. So an important part of the decision-making process is to be a listener, is to listen to what God and what others are saying. Can I say, as a backdrop to that, point six or point five, A or B, whatever you want to say, be willing to hear God's answer, whether it be yes or whether it be no. Sometimes we will feel that God is not answering because we have not received the answer we wanted or we think we should get. John 4 verse 34 says this, our will should be to do the will of the one who sends us. When you are making decisions, are you making decisions with that heart? That my will, God, is to do your will in this. Not, God, this is what I would like to do, so please, would you come and bless it? And I'm waiting for you to say yes Please say yes. Okay, come on, please say yes. And he's saying no, and he's saying no, and he's got a, another plan. He's got a better thing for you. I could have borrowed that money, and we could have got into that house, and I could have forced it through. But that was not God's best for us. And I would not be able to stand and give that testimony of God's faithfulness and God's goodness, because he knew best. 
My way might have been okay. It might have always, it might seem good. But God said, I know best. I have best for you. I had to listen. I had to listen to him saying, Carl, stop. No. And I had to turn it down. As difficult as that was, I had to do it. Because God said, because my heart at the end of the day, and it was the end of the day, <laughs> was I want to do your will, God. Tim Keller said this. He said, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshipping an idealised version of yourself. He tweeted that this morning. I thought, God, that's great. Is that you're listening all the time, aren't you? God, is there anything? Yeah, that's brilliant. Be willing to listen to God's answer, to hear it. My next point is this, wait. Sometimes an answer doesn't come straight away. We have to have patience, we have to have faith. But don't let the waiting breed worry or anxiety. I've got another quote for you. Um, I forget who said this, but he said this. He said, we hate waiting because waiting is like someone screaming at us, you're not in control. We feel si sometimes silence is deadly. I can't do with this waiting. But when I go through scripture, I mean, I'm looking at Abraham, the life of Abraham, as I say, I look at this, some of the things that God promised over him, some of the things that God said, he was, I mean, he had to wait a long time. Does that mean he did nothing? Does that mean he spent his whole time worrying or troubling others about it? No, he got on with the task at hand, but he believed God for the fulfilment of what he had said. And when we're in that decision-making process, when we're in that, in that, sometimes actually we commit it to God, we lay at his feet, and then we've got to walk away. So often we can lay things at the, the foot of the cross. Sometimes we can lay things at the feet of Jesus. We say, Jesus, we give this to you, but as we walk away, we pick it up and take it with us anyway. And then we're still talking about it five, 10, 15 minutes later and, and, and two weeks later. Take it to Jesus, give it to him and leave it with him. Wait for his answer, let him speak. We have to learn to trust God in this. With difficult decisions, with easy decisions, we have to learn to trust God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your good, plans for your well-being, and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Listen to that. That's God's promise. That's what God says. I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for your good. They are plans for your hope. They are plans for your future. You are not in bad hands if you are in God's hands. You are in great hands when you are in God's hands. Because God has the very best for you. He has plans to prosper you. He has plans for a future and for a hope. And finally, step out. When God says go, go for it. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. When we seek him, when we draw near to him, when, when we ask him, and so he gives us that answer. And then we get to that point, wow, that's a big decision. I did it with my job. God said leave. It took me nine months, nine months of kind of, oh, I don't know. But God, you, you, you know, and maybe it's this and I was trying to line all sorts. Of, and then all of a sudden something seemed to line up perfectly. And I thought, well, maybe that's the moment. And I jumped and it all fell apart. 
And I was like, God, what are you doing? He said, I've got you where I wanted you now. Sometimes when God speaks, and we have to be wise in this, and we have to know the timing as well, but, but when God speaks, we have to act. We step out. We step out in faith. So some final thoughts very quickly. I'll just reel these off. Firstly, God has given you a brain, so use it. When it comes to making decisions, please be aware that God gave you your brain. And he made it how it is. And he's given you intelligence, and we can ask for wisdom, and he's given you... You can use it. So when we're looking at scriptures and we say, well, you know, point in case, guys with tarmac... Actually, you know, there was just a bit of common sense to be applied. There was not a spiritual answer or solution to what was going on there. There was just a little bit of common sense. There's a tarmac that needs laying. You need to lay it or you'll be kicked out. <laughs> it's just common sense. So God has given you a brain. You can use it. Second thing I want to say, you can all hear God. Please don't always be looking for the wisdom of God from others. You know, God has given you... Direct access to him, we all can hear God for ourselves. Gone are the days of the priest, <laughs> in that way. You know, the media, we can hear God for ourselves. That's quite remarkable. And for some of us, we need to hear that. I can get on my knees and I can ask God about situation, and God will answer me. He will speak to me. And in all of this, the Holy Spirit, he promises to help us. Acts 16, uh, Acts 16, the story there, you know, the, the man from Macedonia, um, you know, the, the, there's a vision. He's saying, come this way, do that. It says the Holy Spirit prevented them from doing things. We have to believe, God, that at times when we are making decisions, supernatural intervention will come. Why? Because we worship and believe in a supernatural God. And the Holy Spirit will intervene and he will move at times. There will be things all of a sudden, we'll just get this sense. That's not right. We ought not to be doing that. We ought not to be going there. We might get it in a dream. We have to start believing more for the supernatural and the miraculous and saying, God, you did it then, why not now? I know I joked at the beginning about the road signs and stuff, and that, but I do believe that God can speak to us supernaturally. Moments where God just drops something in. You get that sense, no, don't do that. Have you ever had that where you're going to do something, you just get that sense, this isn't right, I ought not to be doing that. You know, we've got to learn to trust that more, that God speaks to us. I'm still and I'm still saying, you know, actually... I said to the, a simple thing. We were driving and I just felt God say, go left. And I didn't go left and I went straight. And there was a big accident and the road was all closed and we had to turn around. And I'm turning back and, I should, and Thea said, you need to listen to God more. <laughs> I said, yeah, I do. That was it. I do. I do. In the simple things. But he trains me in the simple things. So when it comes to the big things, I recognise his voice. Learn to recognise his voice. And can I say, finally, 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 the biggest decision we ever make is the decision to follow him. It comes at a cost, but it is worth it. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. That message has never changed from God's promise, the beginning of scripture to the very end. You seek me first, you seek my kingdom, my righteousness, and all these things will be given. And I just want to end by saying, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ, if, you're like, if you're in that turmoil and you're saying, actually, my life is just not at, I'm not at peace. I'm not at peace with the world. I'm not at peace with what's going on. God promises peace. He promises peace. He promises hope. He has a plan. He has a future for you. But you need to come to know him. 
He's not someone who just says, well, there you go, and puts a band-aid over things. He deals with things. Most importantly, he is interested in you, and he is interested in me, personally. And the biggest decision we make, and sometimes we, we, we're making daily, is to choose to lay our lives down, to kneel before him, and to follow him, whatever he may say to us. I'm aware of the time, so I just, yeah.